Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey there. Welcome to ATL and 29, a podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Tyler Jones. And last night, the Hawks played the, their first game of the regular season, a 126-107 loss to the New York Knickerbockers. What would you think, Tyler? Uh, you know, it was exciting at first, you know, first game, all that good stuff. And then the second quarter happened. And it's just, that's probably as bad as it can get. But, um, you know, overall, it was fun. It's good to have basketball back in our lives, real games that actually matter that we can, you know, really dive dive into and talk about. But, you know, it wasn't too exciting if you're a Hawks fan. But there, there, were, some, there were some positives to take from it, nonetheless. Well, let's be optimist and look at some of the positives before we, before we trash the negatives. What were some of the positives? Well... Positives, probably say, you know, Trey Young, second half, I think he was pretty solid. Um, State, you know, really found his flow into the game, whereas the first half he kind of, he kind of let, he kind of let the Knicks get into him too much, where in the second half he was playing his game. He got some defensive rebounds that led to some easy fast break points or something that, um, that might be a trend that they might try to, try to work uh, into with future games, just him uh, leading the fast break. Uh, Torian had a good, you know, shooting night offensively. The shot is there 100%. He can make, you know, he can make, uh, it looks like his jumper is very versatile. He can make a bunch of, uh, you know, just jump shots from different angles, different release points. That's great to see. Um, Mari Spellman played well. Uh, and that was big for him because, uh, you know, to me, I think he really struggled in the preseason. Uh, but uh, last night, you know, he played with some energy and some athleticism that was – he played with energy and athleticism from a guy his size that was missing throughout the night. And then, you know, Ken Bazemore was Ken Bazemore. You know, he's good. He's going to – he's just a pro, you know, and, you know, I, like if this game would have been a lot worse if Ken Bazemore wasn't on the floor because he's just <laughs> he's, he's just a very good he's a very good basketball player. Uh, you know, he, he had he had some some plays where he was probably doing a bit too much. You can say that about basically everybody on the team. Uh, but, you know, overall, they're not as bad as that second quarter, really, or, you know, or as the score indicated, I think. To me, it felt like uh, in the second quarter they let the game get away from them, and then they compounded mistakes with more mistakes, and it just they they did they they played like a young basketball team and not like a professional basketball team in the second quarter, and that kind of that kind of killed any chance they had. They they showed some heart to come back in the third quarter, um, but you know the end result is the end result. But you know there there's some there were some good things. Oh, and also, I, I, I think I, I was impressed with what, you know, even though Kevin Hurd only played four minutes, it was good to see him be assertive, uh, grab some rebounds, push the break. And he had some nice little passes that weren't convert, converted for field goals. So, really, it was good to see him just, um, you know, make an imprint on the game, something, right. he, you know, he kind of did, like he, he would do one every other game in the preseason. So, I think – I. I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, overall I think 
I don't know if you, you disagree or not. You could probably see LP, uh, Lloyd Pierce, switch things up with his rotation just due to the fact that, you know, it's still early. Like, they've only been well, – the first day of training camp was October 1st. Right. And, it, you know, it's it, you know these things just take time. And, you know, when you're missing three rotation players, two of them starters, and probably their best player, John Collins, like, it, it's just not – it's it's going to be a struggle, and it's probably going to you know they're, they they I wouldn't be shocked if they have a bounce back game. They're they're better than what they showed, um, but uh, we can get we can get into the negative now because you know there were some, but you know overall it was a pretty bad game for the Hawks. Okay, uh, that's a lot to process. I want to talk about the positives too, but you said something about you thought look. I'm I'm ready to get off track in like the first two minutes. You you think Lloyd Pierce can switch up the rotation even with all the injuries? There's there's some sort of alternative there. Uh yeah, just probably he. I no, I mean I could just see him being flexible like he was in the preseason. You know how some games it was Herder the first wing or you know Herder over Dorsey. Okay, and then it was Dorsey over Herder. Like I can see stuff like that continuing. Like I could probably see Amari Spellman getting more burn. Um, over Miles Plumley, who, I mean, again, like it's just. Yeah, I mean, Miles Plumley is Miles Plumley. Enough, enough, enough has been said about him. But you know, you could probably see a Miles Plumley, even with all his flaws, just getting more burning. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if um, Alex Portrait was starting over Vince Carter, um, even as soon as the next game, just. Just because it, it became very obvious early on that Vince defensively is just not, you know, it, it, it felt like you you felt like, like to me, it just felt like there was just this big gap um, at the power four position where they just couldn't get, they couldn't grab a contested rebound in the first half. And, you know, Vince, you know, he, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a vet. He knows where he's supposed to be, but the athleticism just isn't there. And, Really, overall, you could really see the Hawks missing John Collins athletically on both ends of the floor. They, they really didn't have anybody who can, who could make up for somebody else's mistakes. You know, somebody gets beat, and that was basically it. And it, it was just a snowball effect where guys were, guys were being really passive defensively in the first half. They, they didn't get into, they didn't get into ball handlers. They weren't physical. They're too scared of fouling, which in turn led to easy drive to the into the rim or open looks from three it's just you know they they seem to just be struggling overall and I think you know without you know with Alex Lynn maybe being slowed by a back strain uh, and Vince Carter just you know he's 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 just not there athletically as he's not what you want athletically as a starting power forward even though overall I think Vince for what the Hawks wanted Vince to do, I think he had a pretty good game. It's just that what they need is uh, more. And I think Portrait, you know, he, he made some mistakes too. But, uh, you know, athletically he is there. And, like, defensively he probably gives them a, a, a better chance. Okay. And, and, and it just goes back to my, I think, my – my main, you know, the main theme probably is pause that, you know, it's, it's so early, like, you know, it, it's still, to me, it's still experimenting time with the rotation. Like nothing, nobody's good enough to, you know, you know, the guys, really the guys on the bench outside of Jeremy Lynn aren't really um, good enough to, not, you know, to get guaranteed minutes. So sure. he, he can, you know, it's it's early. It's a young team. You can always experiment, see what works and what doesn't. And right now we're in the experimental phase. Right. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned early on, you're like, <clears throat> the Hawks are down three of their rotation players, two that are starters. I'm assuming you're saying that Deadman is a starter, Collins is a starter, and that Anderson is the piece that matters off the bench? Yeah, because you... <laughs> I, I, like you could really see, really when Bazemore went went off the bench, when Bazemore uh, came off the floor, yep. they just didn't have anybody 
you know, play with the type of force you need on the perimeter. Right, because at that point, at that point, I mean, I like literally wrote it down. It's like your two, three, and four at that point were Dorsey, Prince, and Carter. And if if those are your three, you know, wing-type players, you know, not your point guard, not your center, but the other three that are trying to do stuff as far as fighting over screens and things like that, they're, they're just not forceful enough. That That team is going to kind of get toyed around with a bit. And, I mean, I, I think that was basically the game there because it was just, you know, it, it's not like they weren't it's – not, it's not like they were playing with low effort. I think the effort was there, right? Uh, More or less. It I just mean... – like, what, what I mean is like side-to-side effort, but physically it wasn't there. They were, they were playing, you know, to me I think this goes to, you know, praise while he shot well, I don't think he had a good – game defensively he and Trey like both he and Trey Young to me were really passive on defensive end those are two guys that have to like you know they're not you know in one-on-one isolation um they're not really you know they're not the best but that said they they have shown that they can be pretty good as help defenders digging down on guys getting steals getting you know with Torian Prince in particular getting blocks and it, to me, it just felt like Torian was late on a lot of stuff. He was just – he was a step sl- – he he wasn't reading what was happening on the floor. He wasn't really – you know, he had a couple times where he got – he got, you know, he got beat uh, as the help defender because he was just – he was just a step late. And it's just something, you know, from him in particular, being a three-year veteran, you know, in the league, he, he should know better, right? And it's just – you know, really, from him, he 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 has to play with more physicality defensively. Like he's he's a he's a big guy. He's six eight, over two two twenty. Like there's no reason why he can't you know play with more force defensively. Sure. Uh, I was you know I felt like to me I think he was probably the biggest disappointment on the night. Even though he oh, shot wow. like you know offensively, <laughs> even though offensively he was great. Uh-huh. Like I I have high expectations for him. Yeah. Um. And it's just like defensively, it's you know the Knicks don't have. It's not like he was he he wasn't even like it's not like he was guarding Tim Hardaway. He was guarding the right. other guys. Like when you're going up against Frank Neal Neal there is no reason why you should be allowing him to dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put some put some heat on him. Uh, you know, play play with some, you know, play with some force on him. Force him to make you know, to make a difficult dribble, you know, make a difficult decision, force him to make a move. Like, he, he was just allow. like, both he and Trey Young were both just allowing the guy they were guarding to really have an easy, like, easy get to their spot and just do whatever they wanted, even though, you know, box score-wise, the guys they were guarding really didn't have that, you know, they had solid games, but, yeah. you know, it, you can't, it can't, Bazemore can't be the only one. Uh, that's putting playing with some pressure uh, defensively, and you're not going to get it from Tyler Dorsey because he's just he just doesn't have the foot speed, and you know I think that kind of showed Vince Carter doesn't have the foot speed anymore, and you know without John, like and this is where you know not having John Collins on the floor, you know John Collins in the game kind of hurts them because it's where you know all right you get somebody gets beat, you know you know John Collins is going to try to show up and try to you know contest and block a shot or you know get back you know just play with like for all of John Collins' faults like defensively he plays with the type of force you want from your big men and that was something that was not they were not getting from Vince Carter and you know it it, but you can't you know at the same time it's like you got to have relatively you got to have you know reasonable expectations for what you're trying to get from Vince Carter. You're not looking for that. You just, he, he provided what you wanted, which is a spacer on the four and a guy who, if you, you know, you play a switching style defense is pretty solid. Um, and I thought, but see, you switching know, I thought, doesn't, hey. switching doesn't matter. I mean, here's, here's the, you know, that's exactly the thing is that they weren't, they weren't able to play a switching defense. I think that's when you exactly. look at that 49 point quarter, they they weren't able to switch, and the reason they're not able to switch is because, you know, their two most irreplaceable players at this point are Trey Young and Alex Len. 
And when those guys are, when those two guys are involved, if they're either end of the pick and roll or, or a dribble handoff, if, if Trae Young is involved, if Alex Len is involved, or if both are involved, it's it's not a switching play anymore. Especially with respect to Alex Len, I thought, you know, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I really don't think Trey Young was a defensive problem almost at all. Like, I I sat there and like watched all these plays again, you know, in careful detail, you know, rewinding. I don't I don't think Trey Young was the problem, but I think it was the the biggest problem was honestly I thought in my opinion, whoever was playing with Alex Len and these dribble handoffs and pick and roll plays. Because when you play Alex Len, your pick and roll coverage pretty much has to be a drop coverage. You know, it's it's the way that the Spurs use POW, you know, it's it's what you're gonna do, it's the way the Clippers are gonna use Boban, that kind of stuff. You know, it's he's just gotta shuffle his feet back and he's gotta make sure that both players in the pick and roll, that neither one of the two gets a layup. But then it's incumbent upon the other player in that pick and roll defense to fight over it. You know, the other player has to get skinny, get over the top of the screen, chase off any kind of jump shot, and then you know you do the best you can to to mess up their floater game. Now, if they hit twenty five floaters, great. I mean, you just kind of tip your hat because if you have to play that defensive coverage, you know the the floater is the one thing that you kind of have to concede a little bit. You know, there are various levels of how you might be able to contest it. But that's the one thing that you're going to have to give up if you're going to have to give up something and you play that way. And, you know, hats off to the Knicks, uh, especially Ennis Cantor in that second quarter. He set so many freaking good picks. Like, he's, you know, he was just plowing guys and just not letting them get over. You know, and, and it wasn't just Dorsey. Um, you know, he got a bunch of guys. He got Bays a couple times. He got Trey once. He got... Uh, you know, he got Vince Carter a couple of times. Uh, there was one where Bays didn't want to get stuck on the pick, went under it. And, of course, when you do that, if it's a good three-point shooter, you just kind of step back and shoot. It was hard away, and he was already cooking, so he took a step back, hit a three. And so, you know, that was a, a misplay. So Ennis Cantor was, you know, really making his presence felt in that second quarter because the, the Hawks, you know, playing that drop, pick, and roll coverage, they couldn't fight over it. You know, they 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 were getting body on body, getting stuck, and you know, you're not gonna shut out you're not gonna shut out the opposition. They're gonna get some points. And like I said before, you know, if those points come in the floater game, that's pretty much the best you could do. You try to chase it from behind, you try to wave at it. Um, but if he kind of turns the corner and you know, the guy fighting over the top gets behind you a little bit, that floater's gonna be there and you know it's it's the thing you have to concede if you play that way. And, and Hardaway and Trier, you know, they did a really good job making those types of shots. But, you know, sometimes the Hawks fought over it and the Knicks scored. And then there were a bunch of times that the Hawks didn't fight over it and the Knicks scored. And I think those those were the really disappointing plays. Um, and Cantor, in particular, is kind of a unique player because he's a really good offensive player. Like, in addition to the pick setting... You know, at the beginning of that 49-point avalanche in the second quarter, he was making it so that the Hawks couldn't box him out. Like, they just couldn't box him out without fouling. So, you know, the Hawks would get a stop, shot would be missed, and then they'd try to go get the rebound, and they'd foul Cantor. And the Knicks would get another possession and score. And that happened a few times at the beginning of the quarter. So, like, Cantor caused all these problems for them. And, and maybe it wasn't just Cantor. It might have been Vonley, too. But the Hawks couldn't couldn't box out. And at that point, I mean, the Knicks are a funny team because, you know, you look at what they do, especially playing a guy like Cantor, he's going to give you problems. They're going to be good offensively when they play Cantor. He can shoot. He can set picks. He's a monster offensive rebounder. What you have to be able to do when you're playing against Cantor is make them pay at the other end. You have to be great offensively so that when they put Cantor out there, you're roasting Cantor on the other end and making it so he, the, the, you know, the, the Knicks coach is thinking, hmm, you know, Fisdale, you know, do I have to take him out? Because right now it's not looking good defensively. And I thought the Hawks were really bad in that second quarter spacing-wise because what the Knicks were doing defensively 
is they were oh, playing. Oh, yeah, the spacing was terrible. It was terrible. Like, that was. Yeah, in particular, like when Poitras was out there. Um, it, the Poitras, I think, the, like Poitras and Miles Plumley can't play those two together. I think they played a couple minutes, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know it was they just, together. But Poitras was, was getting in the way. Yeah, well, yeah. His and, guy and, was the know, third guy defending the pick and roll. Like, if it was a Trey Young, Alex Len pick and roll, that's a great play. You know, that that's been you know the bread and butter for the Hawks all preseason was Trey Young, Alex run and Len running a pick and roll. And so the Knicks are defending that with three players. They're defending it with Trey Young's guy. They're defending it with Alex Len's guy. But then they're just taking Poitras's defender and just planting him in the paint. And Poitras has to be patient enough to just wait in the corner and shoot that shot. And instead, he's trying to do back cuts that aren't working. He's timing them wrong. So he's like, you know, Torian threw a bunch of bad passes. But one of them was when Poitras made a bad cut. Poitras cuts, and then all of a sudden, instead of being open, because the Knicks are using three guys to defend the pick and roll, Poitras is on the baseline behind some guy. Torian has no place to put the ball when he gets in trouble because there's three guys defending him, and one of them is actually able to defend him and Poitras at the same time. And he just kind of throws it to a Nick. The Knicks take it and go get a fast break bucket. So like Poitras, you know, he he's he's not a bad shooter. He's a good shooter, but he's got to trust it more and he's got to be smarter about it. You know, he's he had a G League season where he shot 40% from three. Um, I don't know if, if teams are gonna take him seriously as a three-point shooter, but if they don't, shoot it, make it, make the points and make it make him pay because he's a good shooter. But he was getting in the way. There was another time when the Knicks switched and he had a I think he had Trey Burke on him. And, you know, while he had Trey Burke on him, Alex Len and Trey Young are trying to run a pick and roll. Trey, you know, gets the pick, turns the corner, and as he's trying to drive towards the rim, Poitras is trying to post up Burke right in Trey Young's lane as, as Young's trying to drive. I mean, the spacing was awful. And so, you know, the Knicks are going to score some points when Cantor's out there, but the Hawks did a bad job of, of making them pay on the other end because they were playing with a with a power forward who just wasn't spacing the floor and they were letting the Knicks just take the the pick and roll and destroy it. and honestly I thought Trey Young was fantastic because even in all this crap fest of a spacing show he wasn't making bad passes <laughs> you know he was still making decisions that were you know defensible decisions like it's not like the Hawks were lighting anybody up offensively in that second quarter, but th- he still wasn't putting the ball in, in places uh, of jeopardy, so to speak. I, um, you know, I agree with you. I agree with you with a lot of what you said. I thought Alex Porteris in the first half um, was mucking the game up a bit. You could say probably the same with Bembry as well. Um. The spacing was a lot better in the second half. They looked like the team we saw in um, in, uh, in the preseason, um, where you know guys stayed had their feet planted outside the three point line, and they were try they were they were hunting three point shots instead of what they were doing in the first half. Uh, to me, like I I don't think Allison had a bad game, like. He, he he wasn't good on either in the floor. I I hear what like I hear what you're saying on the drop back, but um, yeah, he might need know, to take another step up. Canner, yeah, yeah, he 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 just didn't play with the uh, like he he just didn't have a good game. Like Canner kind of beasted him on the on the boards, got him in early foul trouble, and right, like he he just didn't, he didn't really have an impact on the game on either in the floor. I thought he could have been better defensively and. To your point, and and th- we should point I, out that Len is hurt. Like he yeah, took, yeah, he took yeah, that fall. That. He took a fall on that dunk a week ago. He played and practiced, you know, whatever immediately afterward. But then I think it was the realization, you know, a couple of days later of oh, uh, you know, he's he's actually sore now, and you know, he showed up in the injury report with a sore back. So you know, I don't yeah, think he, he's he, practiced much the last couple of days. I think he's pretty much you know, kind of went into that game kind of cold, having not really practiced much over the last few days. Yeah, I think I think he might have been playing a bit injured, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know, if you're out there playing, yep. 
Canner you know, pushed him around. So much. Yeah, Canner just kind of pushed him around. And then, like, defensively, he really wasn't – he didn't really play with the force you would like from your center. Um, I honestly think his partners were worse. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But this, this goes back to what I was saying about Trey Young and Torian Prince just being bystanders, right? Where, you know, I they're mean, playing – Even Baysmore, as good as he played, you know, didn't in that second quarter, you know, died on some of those screens. That's fair, but that's where you, that's where you're supposed to get some help. Where somebody's just supposed to do a quick flash. Like the Knicks don't have such a great pass where you can't help and recover to your man, right? Okay. Like there's no reason why there's no reason why the Hawks should be playing two on two with the Knicks as if it's Steph Curry and <laughs> they're playing the Warriors or the Rockets. Like that. It's like come on, like you know, help off Milikina, help off Trey Burke. Like if Trey Burke is going to beat you. You know, let him beat you, but don't 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 give up such you know practice shots where guys are just coming off screens with a in nice rhythm. Like disrupt the rhythm a bit, help out a bit with your guys. And I, I like to me they were they were just passive, like they weren't reading the passing lanes, they weren't they weren't digging down, they 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 were just letting the game happen. Okay, but that's uh, not on Len. The Knicks weren't doing it at the rim. No, no, no. He no, was no, bad I'm, as I'm a rebounder. Much. He wasn't really bad as a defender. Yeah, I mean, just overall, like, and I think where you can see with Alex, if we get into Alex Lynn, like, his biggest, like, his worst aspect was his screens. Like, he, he just didn't set, like, the screen setting wasn't there. Uh, he set better screens in the preseason. That's where I go back to. He's probably playing injured, but, you know, at the same time, the Hawks are the walking wounded right now where, you know, again, they're missing three guys and, you know, it's not a – at some point, you know, this team is only so deep. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, they – like, this team really needed John Collins tonight. I, I feel like a lot of – Oh, absolutely. You know, maybe maybe they don't win this game, but not having him hurt, hurt them in ways that, you know – People don't understand, like, if nothing else, he would have got some offensive rebounds just to help oh, sure. out when the offense is struggling. It would be he entirely different. He, yeah. he, he would have he caused some havoc. And so too much was put on Trey Young's plate. That said, I'm not going to excuse Trey Young's game. To me, I felt like he was – like, overall, he let the Knicks um, – he allowed the Knicks to take away what he does best, which is his three-point shot. He settled for too many floaters, like – the, he has a nice floater game, but that shouldn't be, you know, his primary um, focus. Uh, I felt like to me he didn't work hard enough off the ball, um, and like to me overall, it just felt like really in the first half, like the guys didn't have trust in each other to make the right decision. Um, so it was a bunch of, you know, it was a bunch of your turn, my turn stuff that you know that it can happen sometimes, but it. It was a lot better in the second half. Like they, they looked like a, they looked like the team we thought they were going to be to come into the season. But you know, second quarter, you know, the, really what killed them was the turnovers and not uh, giving up offensive rebounds to to the Knicks. Like it, yeah. they couldn't get a stop. And then when they did, when they did get the ball, they were just they were they were it was live ball turnovers where it was just easy layup on the other end. So you know they got to clean that up. The simple mistakes. Um, the fouls, like too many, too many dumb, careless fouls on on the Hawks end, where they're just giving points away. Um, yep. Too many fouls, too many, too many really bad turnovers that were caused either through bad spacing or just bad decision making from the ball handlers. Just too much, not enough, just not enough quality play, not enough movement, not enough quality screens being set. Um, just. You know, it's just just a bad game, and this overall, like they played poorly. Hopefully, you know they they watch the film and be like, "Man, we didn't really play our game until the second half." Yeah. And then even in, and then even in the second half, they just couldn't they they couldn't get enough stops. Right? They they went on a quick little run. They brought it down to thirteen, but you know they really couldn't string together stops after that point. And it was just basically, well, you you're just not going to win if you can't. If you can't put on put the type of defensive pressure that you need to make, but you know, I, over I wouldn't get too bogged down into what happened. Um, 
to me, I think. I, I want to get bogged down. <laughs> no, I mean not bogged down. Probably just pessimistic. Oh, okay, pessimistic okay. About the season, um, and really, like to me, really just get. Um, you know, it's it's the first game, and it's a young team. Uh, guys, uh, you know, they're trying. You know, Trey's trying to figure out, still trying to figure out this. You know, this NBA game. Uh, but at the same time, you know, to me, you can't let Trey, you can't allow Trey Burke to guard you, you know, put, put full court pressure on you. You know, let, let's actually, one thing I, I wanted to note. Okay. You know, they were pressing Trey Young a bit, like really er, like early and often where they were putting full court pressure when the Hawks inbounds the basketball. Okay. And nobody would set like a simple screen to free him up. Yeah, it got a little um, dicey. Torian got the ball a couple times and it got a little dicey. Yeah, it, it, it like, well, somebody, they put pressure on the ball handler and nobody would set an early screen. It, it, yeah. You know, it's, you know, that, that stuff you don't, you know, that stuff you would not expect from an NBA basketball game. But uh, that that's you know. so easy to clean up. They'll, they'll, yeah, exactly, exactly. They'll, like, the easiest, like, there was no, like, you know how they do when the inbounder inbounds the basketball guy's pressing and he runs in front of the, you know, defender sets a moving screen, but they'll never call that. Like even that wasn't being said. So right. it it was a lot of stuff. It was a lot of easy stuff that should have been corrected. Where they were just making the game harder than it needed to be. Um, like overall, I, I felt like if you want to if you want to pin down what went wrong, it, it was just a lot of small stuff that you know. If if it was December. You could be disappointed, but you know, right now it's so early, and these guys are like, you know, they they don't know each other's rhythms all that well. So it it's just going to take time. But you know, overall, it it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the score said. Like the Hawks aren't this bad of a basketball team. They they're better than this. They know this. Um, you know, yeah, they. But I, I will say they really need Alex Portress to play smarter offensively. If if anything else, like they they just got to tell him, hey, because I, I agree with you. Like I watching the game, like offensively, it was a hassle. Even though you know when they went small with him at the five, I think that was probably their. That's when they were going on a little mini run. They were switching. Right. They they played with some force and they had spacing because you know you know. You're not playing with Alex Glenn anymore, and like it, it was just a lot. It was just a lot of guys just not being positioned where they needed to be on the floor. Right, and and, and Pierce, Pierce, he, credit to Pierce, he made a good adjustment. Like he saw this whole spacing fiasco happening, and at one point, you know, he's just like, you know, forget it, you know, switch it. We're gonna put make Poitras the screen, or let Poitras roll to the hoop and stick Alex Len in the corner, and that yeah, was a little bit it, better. Len didn't make his shots, but at least it wasn't a fiasco anymore. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that might be something they may want to look towards more towards, especially if Alex Lynn may be a bit hampered. Right. Um, you know, there's no reason to. You know, he I you know the shots still look great. The, the attempts he got, you know, the shot looked good, just didn't make them. Right. Uh, so, you know that that might be something where you know Alex Porteris, you know, it, since he he's a guy who likes to move, so like you know having set good screens. Uh, and roll to the rim and you know really cause havoc. So yeah, he's athletic enough to 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 make people crazy if he's got a head of steam. Exactly. Roll and and this is and this probably goes back to my original point where you can probably see Herder and Spellman play more. Herder just due to the fact that he's bigger, he can grab a contested rebound. Uh-huh. Like it's weird. Tyler Dorsey's a great rebounder, but at the same time, you know, it, he's a great rebound for his position, but. When you're six two, you can get beat up a bit. Whereas Herder has a bit more size. He just has a bit more of a chance to tip a ball out to somebody else. Uh, you know, and you know, I I liked what he did in the last five minutes of the game. I know it was in a blowout, but yeah, you know, he's young. I I yeah. I think you know, Spellman I wouldn't, can play. I yeah, Spellman. Because look who he's replacing. I mean, yeah, and they need they need Spellman out there for his shooting. Right. At the moment, right? That that that's the biggest thing because it it became abundantly clear. I mean, I think I'm higher um, on Spellman than you are. I think Spellman can do absolutely everything right now except guard a power forward. 
So if you're playing him at center, I'm all for it. And and you sh- you know I think you should be playing him instead of Plumlee because Plumlee was really bad the last three minutes of the the second quarter. Like you know it, you know that second quarter you know they got outscored by 24 points. It was never you know the, any point at which the Hawks stopped the bleeding. So in that last three minutes you know Plumlee whiffed trying to set a screen and that led to a turnover that led to a fast break dunk because he just didn't set the pick. There was another time, you know, Cantor roasted him in the post. There was another one. He fell for a dribble handoff, a fake dribble handoff. And so both Hawks are, you know, trying to guard the guy that's receiving the dribble handoff, but the dribble handoff never happened. Cantor dribbles 25 feet from the perimeter all the way in for a dunk because both Hawks, you know, went flying after a a handoff that never happened. And so that, that last few minutes, Plumlee was not good in the second quarter. And, you know, the lead went from, I don't know, whatever it was. I think it went from like 15 to 23 while Plumlee was out there floundering. Yeah. I mean, again, you don't like Plumlee's Plumlee. Um, I mean, I don't want to. You know, at the same time, I understood understood why Plumlee was getting minutes um, early. Wait, wait, why? I mean, I I think I have an opinion. I want to hear yours why. Because, you know, he's big and he can, he, he can keep Canner off the glass and that's what was killing him. But at the same time, he's just such a negative everywhere else, including the fact that he's really not even that good of a defensive. Like, he's not even good that good of a boxed-out guy either. Right. He's just a big body. Like, he's just you know, good it's at going one of those it. things. But, but, I mean, Spellman didn't – Spellman was terrible in the preseason. Like, I – and, you know, you're just – at this point, you're just playing a numbers game where it's like, all right, either I go with the veteran or I go with the rookie who was who wasn't good in the pick. Like he was really bad defensively um, in the preseason, and he's kind of like I don't trust him. I'm gonna go with the vet, and it burnt them. But you know, ultimately, like Plumlee's not why they lost by 20 points or they gave up 49 points in the game, even though. I, like he he was a he was a reason why it was as bad as it got, but you know, this like I'm not gonna put the blame all on him. Oh, not all of it, no. You know, sure. Like Alex, yeah. like Alex Lynn wasn't good either, right? You know, he might have been hurt, but he was bad. I mean, the that, bigs that's were all apples. The big. and, that's apples and oranges, though. Like Len wasn't Alex Len, but he wasn't anywhere near what Plumlee. Did. I mean, that's that's fair. <laughs> he's not Alex. I mean, he's not Alex Lynn. But that doesn't make it. I mean, he wasn't as good as what we expect him to be, but he was bad. You know, Porthris, he got better in the second half, um, but he was bad in the first half. Vince Carter defensively was just getting roasted. Like, he just didn't have a chance. Like, the, the team just couldn't grab a rebound with Vince Carter. Yeah, that, was a, big, that was a big problem. That, you know, it went, when Vince Carter was in, the rebounding was, was not, it yeah. was just they, they couldn't, they had no chance at grabbing a, a contested rebound. Right. That was that was the difference in the game, right? And and it's like I mean, it was well, one of who many else things. you got? Spellman, like to me, Spellman probably had the best game out of all the bigs. And, you know, he only played eight minutes. And I don't think he would have made that big of a difference overall to the game. That said, I you know, it was it was good to see him play play uh, um I, he also had a pretty good matchup going up against Canner and and Vonley were two guys who can't really hurt him with quickness. You know, he's bit like he provided the athleticism, size, strength that was missing from Alex Lynn overall. And then he also can space from the floor. So to me, and that's where I go back to uh, the original point where, you know, I imagine Lloyd Pierce's rotations are going to be pretty fluid for a while. Um, it's just, you know, he, he he doesn't know. Like he, he just doesn't know, and it and it hurts him. It really hurts him that you know he's missing three guys he expected to be in the rotation. Um, I know we talked about in the previous pod about Justin Anderson, maybe maybe not being the eighth guy or ninth guy or whatever. But to me, it's like it. You know, he he's just another athletic big wing that the Hawks. You know. Yes, I think right he'll, now it's just. It's Torian, it's, it's Torian Prince, and that's it for big-sized wings. You know, Kent Bazemore plays bigger than he is, but 
you know, he, he's not that big. And, you know, Bembry. He really all, should be the backup three. Yeah, for all of Bembry's strength, you know, he's not that, he's not that tall either. No, Bembry should be the backup two. Exactly. So it's, it's, just, it's just where, you know, they, they, they just aren't, aren't playing with a full deck. And the guys they got behind them are, are, are you know, rookies or second-year players that, you know, Pierce probably doesn't trust. Uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, nothing much else to say. I, you know, I think they'll be – even though Memphis is probably a better team than the Knicks, they're probably going to play better if for no other reason that the Grizzlies don't have, you know – they really don't have the wing talent to punish the Hawks right now, who are pretty thin at the moment at the wing spot. So you could potentially see a bounce back game. Oh, I don't uh, know. I, I'm <laughs> I'm nervous just because I think the Grizzlies can be so much better defensively than what the Knicks were. I don't, I don't think know. that I think the Knicks were just I I don't know. I think I think you are overestimating how good the Grizzlies are okay. outside of Mike Conley. Like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Conley's I great. I don't... And then, even Conley, like, I don't... I mean, he's coming back from an Achilles injury. I mean, I, I, it's not a preview for the next game, but it's, you know, or a Grizzlies pod, but it's just, like, their backup is Shelvin Mack. And speaking of backups, oh, I will, I will have like, no Shelvin Maxlander. You can't just punch that in and run away. I mean, he's bad, so it's oh, fine. stop. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Lin, just you know, he didn't play with any explosion. Uh, didn't really have an impact on the game. Yeah, he didn't he, take anything away. Right. But, well, the only thing he took away was like there were a couple of times where the Knicks just they didn't even set a pick. They're just like, okay, you're being guarded by Jeremy Lin see what you can do. And he just kind of got beat. Yeah, he was bad defensively. But other than, like, offensively, I thought, you know, he always made the right decision. Like, you know, he he didn't, like, blow by anybody, but, you know, he felt like he was in control of the game, even if it was kind of a weak control. Yeah, but that's the issue, right? You're not getting, you're not getting, you're not generating good looks. Right. I mean, that'll be so much better when you have explosive bigs. Like when you're up, when you're, when you're basically playing Alex Lynn and a bunch of stop gaps, he he needs a little help in the pick and roll game. And that's where, you know, Bembry can come in and take over some of the possessions and it'll just get better when Collins is out there or somebody else, you know, Deadman, anybody take your pick. Yeah. In general, like, you know, this idea that this isn't like big don't matter anymore, that they're, you know, Here's the thing. There are a bunch of quality big men in the NBA today. Yes. But if you don't have one on the floor at every second of every minute of a basketball game, you're just not going to win possession. Yes. And I think if you, if you, wanna, if you really want to boil down what happened is that the Hawks, the Hawks big men were just all like for most, for what, 42 minutes were just not good, not good enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's probably going to be a concern, like until you know Collins and Deadman come back. Um, right. I mean, the- and and if Lane gets, hopefully Lane gets better, healthy. But um, I I think I think, and that, that's why I say I think the Hawks are going to play better. Uh, you know, I I don't think Alex Lane. I think Alex is going to play with a bit more force against Mark Gasol. He's not, you know, Gasol is not the physical presence that Canner is, and you know he can he can probably ease his way into the game better than what what was happening, and hopefully he can set better screens and all that good stuff and be you know be healthier. Uh, Gasol but, was kind of a problem for him in that preseason game. It was almost the same thing where it was like uh, the Hawks I mean, the Hawks made, couldn't made. the Hawks couldn't get a rebound without fouling in in that Grizzlies game at the beginning. Um, I mean, I hope I yeah, hope it's different, but it's, I mean, if we're just going to look at that, what that happened, that was a weird game. Okay. I don't like. I'm. That's fine. I mean, they should be able to rebound against this Grizzlies team. Uh, and that's that's where it goes back to my point where you know, even with Porter with all his flaws, they they need to lock down. I think the biggest thing they need to lock down is defensive rebounding. So, right. 
I I I try to get Portsmouth on the floor, have him be in John Collins' role, rim running, have call and have Lynn um, in the corner just to start the game, and then uh-huh. bring in Vince Carter when when uh, when the Grizzlies go to their less athletic, you know, you know, right. bigs off the bench, okay. you know, guys who can't really punish Vince Carter for being forty-one years old. No disrespect to the legend, but okay. it is what it is. Can I add one thing? Go ahead. Just just a small thing with regard to the injury situation. You know, when, when Pierce was in Philadelphia and he had Ben Simmons and, you know, a bunch of guys like that, you know, Philadelphia was known for, you know, how often they switched and how good they were with their switching defense. And like I mentioned earlier, when you've got these pick-and-roll defensive setups, if, if Trey Young is in it, you're not switching. And if Alex Len is in it, you're not switching. And I think just the injury situation right now, makes it so that the Hawks don't have a change of pace defense. You know, one of the things that NBA coaches like to do is if, you know, one particular defensive look isn't working, just give them a different look. And when the, when the Hawks have Alex Len and they don't really have their other bigs, they kept having to play that drop coverage and they can never really just kind of say, you know what, we need a little bit of a change up. Let's give them this look for a while. They tried it a little bit with Poitras as center and, you know, some trapping, but they just they don't have a lot of flexibility in terms of different looks that, that Pierce can roll out because, it, you know, if you had Collins, you could try something completely different. If you had Deadman, you could probably try something different. But when it's just Len, um, you know, you're limited in, you know, what kind of varieties you can throw out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're injured and... yeah. Uh, they, they just, they, they need those guys healthy. So hopefully they're back, you know, by November, um, at the, you know, latest, uh, you know, hopefully they're back sooner than that. Uh, but we'll see. I don't, I don't have any sources on, um, what the recovery time for these guys are. I mean, Deadman is Uh, at the point where he's doing the non-contact portions of practice. Anderson too, you know, they're both out there you know, doing the shooting drills and doing the motion drills. But if it's like five-on-five contact where they're going to bump into other players, then Anderson and Deadman are are sitting out at this point. So we'll see. And Collins, I don't think has, you know, he's just, he's out for now to be reevaluated October, I want to say 22 it is. Yeah, he had a, actually something interesting about Collins, based Mm -hmm. on the the official report, it looks like he did, it looks like he aggravated his ankle um, the first preseason game. Right. Because he had the MRI October 2nd. Correct. Then they played the Grizzlies on the 3rd. The 5th. So and I think it was the 1st and the 5th. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. You're right. You're so right. Monday yeah. the 1st, they beat the Pelicans. Tuesday the 2nd was the MRI. Friday the 5th was the game against the Grizzlies. He played a half, and then he sat out the second half. But you're right yeah, with the timing. And- it's interesting. I, I think my point is is that I, I feel like what happened is either he aggravated it in the Grizzlies game or somebody up top noticed that he was playing through injury and uh-huh. they were just like, all right, we're shutting this down until, you know, you're not having any pain because it's, it, I, you know, it's, they're not playing for a playoff spot. So this is not, right. you know, every win doesn't matter. It's more important that these guys stay healthy. And it's sure. like, to me, it's good that, you know, it, it like I think the point I'm trying to make is that Collins' injury isn't you know isn't uh, serious or it's not that it's not serious. It's just I feel like it's a lot. What they're doing is a lot of preventive work with him uh-huh. in particular, uh, just because of how he plays and um, why he relies so much on his athleticism. There's really no reason to risk it if they don't have to, and you know. So it, what it sounds like is you. He injured it um, the first game, then had the had the MRI, came back on the fifth, re-aggravated, and they were just like, all right, we're shutting this down. We're going to give you an injection or whatever they did with his ankle and hope for the best in two weeks or so. So, you know, hopefully he's back. Um, hope he's back sooner than later, but they're not going to rush it with him or even with Deadman or um, – Deadman or Anderson, they're taking it slow all three of these guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a whole lot more to add here. One one thing that I would add is that uh, 
I thought the pace was good. That was the fastest game in the NBA this season so far. Um, if the Hawks can get some defensive rebounding to go with it, they'll be in really good shape. But they need to get the rebounds. Agree. And, you know, I I think they found something in the second half that they can take positive looks at and, you know, maybe, you know, build build on their second half performance and bring it to the Grizzlies on, uh, on Friday. Right. But, uh, right. I mean, and uh, – it's weird that we talked about all the nitty gritty of, of, you know, Plumley and Poitras and all the other ugliness. Honestly, we haven't talked enough, in my opinion, about Trey Young. Trey Young was good. Like, if there's one big picture thing to take away from this, Trey Young was good. He was playing with a mixed bag that didn't do particularly well, and he still just did Trey Young stuff. Not the best Trey Young stuff, but he did Trey Young stuff, and he didn't make mistakes. I, you know, I think he was good in the sense that he was the best the Hawks had, but we've seen better from him. Oh, and sure. I don't even think this this, is, this was his average baseline. Sure. Uh, right. There's some there's some stuff he can clean up himself, but, you know, Trey Young being a good prospect isn't anything you don't know if you, you know, listen to this podcast, but this. <laughs> You know, it's 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 only so much we can say about Trey when, you know, the you know the numbers tell a, a, a solid game. You know, fourteen six and six, not bad, but it's not good either considering efficiency. But uh, hopefully, he cleans it up and and have has a better game. And uh, defensively, like people think, oh, Trey Young's bad at defense. Trey Young is not bad at defense. He's he moves his feet and he catches up with his defender. He does it. Over and over again, when the when the Hawks were getting picked on, it wasn't Trey Young; it was the Wings. And I mean that kind of. I mean that's the that's the issue, right? It's just the and to me, overall, just team wise, they they defensively they just need to be better. Um, Sorry, it seems weird but that in all the Trey Young hype that, that it was the other stuff because it really was the other stuff. The game was dictated on these other things and not on Trey Young, but Trey Young was fine and we should talk about I mean, at least I thought Trey Young was fine and I just you know, big picture when you look at the Hawks in two thousand twenty two, what's gonna matter from this game is not what Alex Poitras or Miles Plummy did, it's what Trey Young did and Trey Young was good. I think we can end on that note. Good place to stop. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this again soon, sir. No, we'll do, we'll do. <laughs> you, you, you were going to turn me down. <laughs> I was going to say no problem, but no oh, problem okay. doesn't really make that much sense. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. So you weren't going to turn me down. All right, have a good one, man. Nah. You too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.